This is episode number 135. How do you develop genuine trust for someone? With Austin McCullough. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make two brief announcements. First one being regarding our weekly Courageous Conversations. This is something that we started six to seven weeks ago with the desire to bring our community closer and to connect us around topics that matter most in our lives. Second is a shout out to our review of the week, which comes from Daniela Goldie. I'm honored to have done a podcast interview with Oleg for Overcoming Odds. They're doing great work that's important for each of us. We all have struggles that we must navigate. These podcasts provide real-life examples that inform and inspire their viewers. We are not alone in our journeys, and they are much more enjoyable when we can share our examples and learn from others. Thank you so much for that wonderful review. If you would like to be featured on our review of the week, go ahead and leave us one on iTunes, Facebook, or Google and we would be happy to feature you. Now, let's get back to our show. Austin, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Oleg. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you. Thank you for joining, and thank you for that, for taking that initial phone call that you and I had that lasted. I mean, it was going to go into at least two to three hours if we allowed it to be, and there was so much, <laughs> so there was so much to share and so much to learn from, and one of the things that I learned, and I think you and I even spoke of on that initial phone call, is mm-hmm. part of networking is really finding that needle in the haystack. And so when you find that needle, you try and do everything that you can to continue building upon that friendship and relationship within the time frame that you're allowed. So I'm glad that we're able to take that conversation into this one and then just continue that dialogue that you and I started initially. Yes, I'm excited for our talk today. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the theme of today's episode, and that is trust, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself briefly to our audience, and that is by answering the question of who are you? How would you answer that question? Sure. So I always tell people I'm a 23-year-old entrepreneur who by the age of 20 had already begun my executive career. So I'm the principal consultant and founder of Austin McCullough Advising, which is a human capital consulting firm. And it's on a mission to help business professionals and salespeople, such as financial advisors and entrepreneurs achieve their full potential. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I often say to people, life is much more fulfilling when you begin to realize what you're capable of. And I want people to see that for themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that's something that we're both very passionate about. We don't like to live an average life. So I want people to be consciously aware of what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. And why did you want to make that choice? Why did you, what did you see that was not in alignment with this quote unquote average life and the Mm -hmm. life that you were planning to create for yourself? So all the way up until my junior year of college, and I could get into this whole backstory if you want to ask more. Of course. um, I didn't take school seriously. I didn't take my career seriously. Um, I was just focused on athletics. 
So all the way up until my junior year of college, um, I was playing football and then I tore my ACL. So that changed everything. That made me have a big identity shift. Um, I realized that I wasn't taking school seriously. And when you're not taking school seriously, you're not actually retaining information. And mm-hmm. When you're not learning, you're falling further and further behind the curve compared to your peers. Mm-hmm. So while they're all progressing, they're actually paying attention in classes, making sure to study, um, give 100% of their effort towards their homework. I wasn't. So I got all the way up until, uh, like I said, being a junior in college, and I truly didn't know the difference between equity and debt. So Mm. those are two very simple concepts for anybody who wants to go to school for finance. And the fact that I didn't know that, it it was a glaring red flag. So uh, that, along with many other factors, I started listening to Tony Robbins. I started uh, reading books like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, as well as getting around the right people. It started to show me what was out there, right? Mm -hmm. And I always knew from a young age that I had a business mind. Like, actually, it's funny. Um, I thought I had it right here. I'm back at my parents' house right now. And I was trying to find the old coin jar that I had that I used to dump out on this floor. And I'd count the change because I'd love to see the growth over time of the Mm. coins adding up, right? Mm -hmm. But anyways, to rein it back in, um, I saw that I was on a bad trajectory. I was on one that I wasn't taking life all too seriously as far as my career goes. And of course, being a small individual, I'm only five foot seven. And so I (laughs) I was going to go to the NFL playing linebacker anyways. Uh, So I knew I needed to get my head on straight and start focusing. And and as as I've done that, I become more consciously self-aware of who I am, what I'm passionate about, my interest, and as well surrounding myself by the right people. And I've I've seen firsthand how much more fulfilling that makes life. So Mm -hmm. that's why I want others to see that for themselves as well. Was that a difficult realization to embrace in knowing that you may have to give up on a dream that you once upon a time had with such high aspirations of going to the next level and the level beyond that? And if so, what did that process look like for you? And and are you still going through that? No, I actually don't miss sports anymore, but it was tough. So when I said, no, I'm not still going through that process anymore. But when Mm -hmm. it happened, yes, it was quite difficult. Like I said, my whole identity was wrapped in being an athlete, right? So when I tore my ACL and I didn't plan to continue my college football career any longer, I just felt kind of lost. I wasn't um, reading. I wasn't talking about anything business related. So it was almost as though I turned into a completely different person over a matter of a few months just because I took a lot of time in isolation Mm -hmm. to understand myself better, which changed my life for, for the better. Mm-hmm. There was a video that I was recently watching and it was Jordan Peterson. I think he was sharing it at a, at a, one of the colleges. Long story short, he was taught, there was a student that got up in the middle of this large luxury hall and he'd asked him the question. He said, how do I become like you when it comes to communicating? And one of the things that Jordan Peterson had said is that one of the ways that you can become like him when it comes to attaining that particular skill set is to practice read more books and write and, and write, but with one thing in mind and it is processing your thoughts. And and it just, as I was listening to you share your own journey and picking up the books, such as thinking grow rich and all these other titles, it made me think of the same exact thing is that oftentimes we aspire to be an individual or a particular quality of someone else's and, and, We don't know how to get there, but ultimately what I begin to understand is that this whole process of growth 
and maturing and, and everything really boils down to creating common practices within your life, mm-hmm. reading, writing, meditating, whatever the routine may be. And the most important thing of all is that your routine may be different from mine mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And I, I really like that point because often when I work with clients, um, I go over the simple, simple little details. You know, people often want to overcomplicate success. They want mm-hmm. to think it's this magic formula, one that you might learn in school, you know, like in math, where it's something that the average person, it's not going to click for right away. But that's just not true. Actually, sitting right behind my computer is a daily checklist. Mm-hmm. I take a piece of paper, I take a pen, and I write out everything in bullet list form of everything that I need to do that day. Because then I get the satisfaction from completion as well mm-hmm. as it keeps me disciplined to what I need to do. And mm-hmm. so when you are doing your reading each day, when you are following that daily checklist and doing things such as making your bed, which is which I'm sitting next to and I was doing before this call, mm-hmm. that keeps you on track. And it keeps, it keeps that consistency going until it becomes automatic. And when you become automatic, that's when it gets kind of deadly, but in a good way, because mm-hmm. you're not thinking about it anymore. You you know, I've been telling a lot of people, especially within the past week, this is why Tom Brady got to the point of where he was, Michael Jordan, because they practiced so much. They became so disciplined that in those clutch moments, it's just automatic. Yeah. And I think part of what you just mentioned, it also means making some of those habits and activities that seemed irregular part of a reality. There is a reason why you get up in the morning and you don't question. I'll speak from my, from my side. There is a reason why I get up in the morning and I don't question the act of brushing my teeth. I just do it. Or I don't question the act of making breakfast. I just do it. And so I think that's, that's the cool thing about life is that we can add on all of these different habits. And then from there, once you make them part of your norm, you stop questioning for why you do them. So whether it's reading a book or journaling or meditating or going for a walk, whatever it may be, you just add these small incremental changes within your life and then over time the compounding interest is that you've developed a set of habits a set of actions that you no longer question for why does this exist the way it does or why do i have to do this yes and my favorite part about what you just said is you add them on the Mm -hmm. problem for example i have no problem with a new year's resolution Mm -hmm. as i'm sure neither do you but often people put this huge list of things together where they need to take their life from here all the way up to here pretty much overnight. Mm -hmm. And that's not realistic because in order to build habits, focus on one or two things and getting really consistent at those and then add others to the list. Because when people add too many at the beginning, then they end up getting discouraged a week or two or three weeks later when they start failing on a few of them because we're all far from perfect. You Mm -hmm. are, I am, literally everybody is. We're so flawed, but that's why it's cool that we can focus on a few things at a time to get to that point of chasing perfection. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that journey revolves heavily around trusting yourself and trusting the process Mm -hmm. that one day things will work out. I just had a very interesting conversation prior to our call with an individual that said something that I didn't really grasp at the time. And that is some of the things that you're doing right now and you're working on, you may never see those results. Those results, when you, when you think about a lot of the, leaders that we've had in today's day and age, Nelson Mandela, MLK, Steve Jobs. And what ended up happening was that after their life was done, 
on this planet, we begin to see a lot of the results mm -hmm. from their movements and their, their ideology. Yes. Which makes me think that we may experience the same exact thing as individuals. Yeah. And so I'm curious to know from your perspective, how do you still maintain that level of trust in the process that what you are pursuing is the right thing, however you define that, and that, yes, you may not see some of those results moving forward, but it's still the things that ignite you and that give you purpose and meaning in life. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of that comes back to faith. And faith for every single person is a different term, whether that's just uh, general, um, being a spiritual person in general, or having a specific religion. You know, I grew up Christian. Of course, if anybody else has a different religion, that's absolutely fine. But for mine, uh, it's part faith, as well as just I have a very firm belief that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some of that already come to fruition in my young life so far. Um, but with that faith, knowing and seeing the results of others, right? So we've seen the success stories, not even from what we've seen come to fruition from us manifesting it for ourselves, but also seeing the Steve Jobs, the MLK, everybody pursuing their dream, and it did manifest. Mm -hmm. So even for me, off that same note, one goal that I actually thought of um, here in April is 100 years out. So in 2120, not 2020, 2120. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a goal where I want every single person on earth to be consciously pursuing their full potential. And notice that I use the word consciously because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just kind of go through the motions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why they aren't living a life that they want to be. So I want people to raise their level of self-awareness by asking them the right questions, by having that faith, and so that they can manifest the life that they truly want. Mm -hmm. Do you think part of that comes from maybe not fully trusting yourself? as far as you having the right tools and the mindset to make that dream a reality? Um, slightly, because I know that even my current version of where I'm at right now will be nowhere close to where I am in 20 years. Mm -hmm. so I think it's important that we leverage the tools that we have, for example, interacting with others mm -hmm. in order to get us to where we want to be. And for example, the reason why I put my goal as 100 years out is just because, you know, I'm one person and there are what, a little under 8 billion people on this, on this world, um, as well as changing behavior, which takes time and people have to be receptive to it and people don't change overnight. So. Mm -hmm. uh, just being humble enough to understand that, that we all have a lot of room for growth. Yeah. And I think the the other thing about growth is that it's going to happen whether we want it or not. So the, the part when you mentioned about being conscious, it's the same thing that I look at as far as being a participant within that growth, because I, to me, growth is very similar to um, a phrase that I once upon a time heard, and it was an indecision is also a decision. So I think growth and you being a participant as part of that growth will only help you to get to that end goal that you're trying to achieve. But even if you're not an active participant in that growth, it's still going to happen. Yes. You may just end up growing in areas that you didn't envision yourself in being. Yes, yes. And so I kind of want to turn the question on you. How do mm -hmm. you develop the faith? for the fact that the small little details of small actions that you're doing on a daily basis are going to get you to where you want to be? Well, I think for me, what I try and do is I really try and focus on the present actions as much as I can. Yes. And part of that practice, what I've learned is gratitude plays a big role. So being grateful for everything that I've accomplished and everything that I get a chance to do, 
on a daily basis is something that I reflect upon quite often. Mm -hmm. And part of that understanding, what I've also developed and understood is that there's only so much that I can control, if anything, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I, I certainly can't control the result of the actions that I take. So in understanding that, I've also learned that not certain things, but all things take their own time frame. So I may be working towards a goal right now and in my mind, and, and I don't know if this is a generational thing or if this happens to a lot of us who are on this planet. When I work towards a goal, there, the, the short-term gratification becomes a lot, more, a lot higher compared to the long-term. Long so when I, when, and I don't know if it's because I, I have the goal in front of me, so it's something that I can feel, I can see. And, and it, it, it appears so close so that I don't know if that's why the short-term gratification is, in, is influenced so much in making me think that if I only do X, Y, and Z steps, then I will achieve this. But in reality, it's X, Y, and Z plus A, B, C, and plus all of the other letters in the alphabet and along this path. And probably some other characters that you didn't even know existed that you have to <laughs> add on to get that thing. So I've always been curious as far as why do we think like that when we have a goal in mind and, and maybe I'm speaking, maybe I just have to speak for myself. And that is when I have a goal in mind, why is it that short term gratification is influenced so much more? Is that the thing that I understand more and, and I haven't maybe understood the long term as much? I haven't seen many examples of it. Or, or if there's, if there's something else, that's, that's what I've been curious about. I think part of that may be the simple fact that the, uh, the more short term and the closer it is to you, the more tangible it is. Yeah. And the, that your brain can actually recognize that it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you have a goal that, for example, that is a hundred years out, I haven't even lived for a hundred years. So I don't, I don't know if my brain can actually comprehend what, what that looks like. like right yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. exactly so then kind of off that same point what are some tips tricks tools whatever you use to stay in the present mm -hmm. well i think first time is first thing that is like i said it's it's the gratitude and understanding that i'm grateful to even do one of those things mm -hmm. the second part that i've learned is language matters so not that i have to do it but i get to do it and even in that simplest thought, what it gives me a chance is it's a more inviting feeling for me to participate with that particular goal, task, or whatever it is that's at hand. So I, I break it down into those two things. And then the third thing that I focus on and something that I recently added into my toolkit is micro actions or micro wins, micro goals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is that it's it, when you really think about how you attain a lot of the goals in life, it's, it's literally just one small action after another. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the only thing. And the, the thing that I've be also begin to understand over time is that small action sometimes doesn't have to be a task that you wrote down on your list of things to do. Yes. It yes. could literally be getting out of bed when the alarm sounds brushing your teeth, eating breakfast, taking your dog for a walk. When you think about it, all of those things somehow play a role. Because if you don't do one of those, then your whole daily schedule actually shifts 
mm-hmm. and it like offsets itself. <clears throat> so I, I've always believed that everything plays a role. And that as part of that understanding, what I've also begun to believe is that there truly is no such thing as good or bad. There just is. Mm-hmm. Because whatever that bad experience was, I have the ability to look at it and ask myself enough questions to help myself reshape that experience from what appeared to be a bad one to one that I can learn from and identify lessons and takeaways. And even two points off that, I'll go in reverse from, Mm -hmm. um, I'll start on that last point. That is a very, very interesting concept. And that kind of intertwines with culture. Mm -hmm. Even each country, each state, each city, each region, they all have their own cultures. And so I think it's very interesting when we think people are right or wrong and we think it's so polar. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is just based on the experiences that we've had based on what we've grown up in, right? Yeah. You're Mm -hmm. not even located in the same state as I am right now. Exactly. People are different. The the laws are literally different from state to state, of course, not the federal. Mm -hmm. But I think that's another thing to keep, um, uh, to pay attention to as well. And so Mm -hmm. that one. And then the second point, going back to those micro wins. I love that. I do. Mm -hmm. Because often when people feel very overwhelmed, it means they've started a lot of things, but they haven't completed anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like I said, I make my bed each morning. It's a very small win. And of course, this isn't my original thought. There was a, I believe it's an admiral, uh, mm-hmm. McRaven from, mm-hmm. um, from the U.S. He's Mil- from UT, uh, UT, I believe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He gave mm-hmm. a speech there. Uh, great speech, great book. I've, I've read and listened to both. And having those small wins is very important because it puts you on track mm-hmm. and it gets you in the right direction. So I don't think a lot of people... Um, have the gratitude like you talked about there and they don't give themselves enough um, respect admiration just for taking care of those small little details because they add up over time Mm -hmm. which flows into and i'll kind of end on this note which flows into compound interest you know i'm sure we're both familiar with the terms um often people pay attention to the term compound interest as far as finance goes but they don't realize that compound interest is in everything in life. I've been saying this for about three or four years now, but compound interest is in everything. If you think of your oven, right? It goes from 300 to 350 degrees faster than it goes from zero to 50 degrees. It's still the same 50 degree difference, but Mm -hmm. all that heat has been compounding. And so that's Mm -hmm. why it goes faster on the back end. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people realize that in order to get to the three to 350 degrees, you had to start somewhere. So you smart, start with the small wins that might start a little slower, but then they gain speed, they go, gain momentum and they compound, which I think is a very interesting point. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing to add on to what you just said is that we become very familiar with the t- things that we do. And so familiarity, in my opinion, actually leads to a lack of gratitude and the reason why is because we don't really appreciate the task for what it is. Yes. So you wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth. And then the question is, so what? I do this every morning. Why is this morning any different? But really, when you think about it, every chance that you get to get out of your bed and breathe and hear and, and experience, really, is a new opportunity because none of that's given. You may wake up tomorrow and you may not have done anything but then all of a sudden you lost one of your senses. You didn't do anything wrong. And so, and and I'm always curious as far as in understanding that 
there's a there's a big truth to it and that is not become not taking things for granted ultimately Mm -hmm. that's a really good point that and actually off of that like i said i've torn my acl twice and i did that the last time when i was a sophomore in college and that really made me aware of how blessed i am just to walk you know um i remember the apartment building that i lived in i lived on the third floor so I, we didn't have an elevator. I had to crutch up the steps, right? Mm-hmm. I saw how difficult that was. And I remember feeling sorry for myself. And I, and I thought, you know, I have to deal with this for a few weeks while some people have that their entire life. And I need to be grateful just for when my knee is healed again after going through physical therapy that I can go walk again. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I probably think of more than anything else is simply my ability just to walk. I mean, yeah, do I wear glasses? Of course. Um, but my eyes could be a lot worse. I could be blind, you know, mm-hmm. we all have so many things to be grateful for. And that's actually funny because I've said this in, in a past talk of mine, but I'm, I'm looking at a computer. I'm looking at a book. I'm fortunate that I have coffee. I like coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm blessed that I'm at my parents' house right now and I'm able to spend time with family. So just when you get in that, that zone of being grateful, it's so much easier. It's like, you're either trending up or trending down. And sometimes mm-hmm. when you're trending down, it's tough to change that momentum around, but just start with one thing. Mm-hmm. Just think of one thing which comes back to being intentional. And in mm-hmm. order to be intentional, you have to be self-aware. And so that's why I, I, I don't believe you mentioned it earlier on, but one of the practices that I use mm-hmm. to be self-aware is meditation. Do you meditate as well? I do. Mm-hmm. And that is something I started a few years ago, and now it's one of the many staples of my daily routine, but it really helps with just making sure to be present in the moment. And something that I think a lot of people get caught up in, why they don't meditate, why they don't continue doing it, is they think they have to block out their thoughts. And as you know, that that's not the purpose of meditation. It's learning to take life as is and allow thoughts to kind of pass on by. Because when you try to block things out, that creates resistance. So it's important just to take things as they are. Think about thoughts, of course, breathe the right way in through the nose and it could be out through the mouth or out through the nose, not in through the mouth though. Um, And what I, and just to kind of wrap up on this thought, I want to tell people what I use as a technique of mine, because it's easy to say to allow thoughts to pass, but sometimes people get a little confused there. Mm -hmm. What I think of is my hand holding onto a string that's attached to a balloon, right? Balloon, let's say it's filled, filled with helium and I breathe in and I allow it to blow up the balloon. And then once that's blown up, when I breathe back out, I let go. That doesn't mean I physically open up my hand, but I do that to allow the balloon with the thoughts to kind of float away. Because mm-hmm. what does the balloon do with helium? It floats away if you're not holding on to it anymore. Mm-hmm. So rather than trying to continue clenching on to that and creating resistance, you just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. So. You know, one of the things that you mentioned that I think it's worthwhile for us to dig into as as part of this topic that we chose initially, which was trust. And that's ultimately developing a network of people that you can trust that can help you reach your full potential. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge believer that you don't get anywhere alone. I'm a huge believer that there's always someone else that is opening the door for you. And even in moments where you feel like you're the only one that's doing all the work, really what's happening is that yes, you may be doing the work through your own willpower, but there's someone else that is 
going on your behalf and saying, hey, you need to connect with this person or you need to hear more from him or, or how else can I help you? So there's, there's always that individual that's in front of you, one to two to five steps that's creating this journey that you get to experience. And one of the things that I've been curious about is this, in not knowing who those people may be, how do you personally develop genuine trust with an individual, especially if it's a first time encounter that you have with them? Like, what do you, what do you need to sense in order for you to say, this person's the one? I think one of the things that stands out immediately, well, it takes a little bit of time, but at least let's say in the first meeting is consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency. Mm -hmm. So when someone is consistent with their actions or their words, it makes me trust them more because they're not jumping back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, what is really helpful is if they say something and then their actions prove it as well, Mm. right? So if they, if, if, Let's say we're, uh, we're walking on the sidewalk, walking into a restaurant, and they, they're saying that they're a great person. Sure, that's awesome. If they're smiling a ton and they have great energy, maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. But maybe then someone holds the door for them open into the restaurant. They don't thank the person. They make a rude remark. Then that's, uh, the alignment is gone. Mm-hmm. That right there would show me maybe they're not the most trustworthy person. I know it's a small detail and it's a very short interaction, but seeing that consistency in uh, verbiage and behavior is something that helps me gain that trust. Mm -hmm. So how does that relate to second chances? And the reason why I asked that question is because we're not perfect, right? As human beings. And sometimes we make, we make different mistakes when it comes to not following up or not, not delivering on a promise that we once made and, and how does that reshape your level of trust that you have with the individual? Do you give them a second and third and fourth chance? Or is there a threshold to which the person no longer meets through the interactions that you have with them? And then from there, you don't trust them to that same degree that you once upon a time did or yeah. wished that you would. Yeah. So I'm someone who um, innately... I'm not the most trusting person. I always like when people prove it to me. Mm-hmm. So I know that especially if someone does something that's unaligned with, with their words, their behavior um, can lose my trust a little bit. I am skeptical. But as we have talked about before, even earlier mm-hmm. on this call, we do all make mistakes. So it's important to give people uh, a, another chance or two or possibly three, depending on the mistake, to give, um, um, give themselves a shot to redeem themselves. But at the same time, I think self-respect is important there too, Mm -hmm. because I think there are some individuals who give um, trust and they continue giving it and giving it and giving it. And you know, if someone is lying to you continuously over time, is it that they truly do respect you? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the gray area that I'm constantly trying to figure out is where is it important to have, like, for example, if this is self-respect and this is someone's um, inconsistent behavior. Mm -hmm. How do you get, how do you kind of meet in the middle? Mm -hmm. So that I'd love to hear your thoughts as well, because that's something I'm trying to learn also. Well, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that when it comes to giving people a second and third and fourth chance is, especially with, with trust is that we only know what we know at any given time. And so, for example, if I had made a promise to you that I would make an introduction to X, Y, and Z, and then life happened and I forgot 
and and part of that life happening part is maybe I did I don't have the communication developed well enough that I would follow up with you in the most honest way and then to say hey this is what actually happened and this is the reason why I was not able to follow up with that introduction or task or whatever it may be but there's a lot to break down within that you have to count on the fact that person has the language to communicate that you have to count on the fact that person even knows that 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 maybe is a preferred way of communication. So there are two things, both I think stem from, from courage. And that is having the courage to step into that unknown and, and knowing that, Hey, if I just communicate this to that individual, then maybe things will kind of resume and pick back up from where we started off. But here's another thing that I've learned about from this journey is that sometimes in that particular thing, if you promise one thing and you you don't fully deliver on that because of some unexpected circumstances, that relationship that you have with that individual or hand is no longer there because that person really values what you said, self-respect and following through. And, And to them, that level of communication that you would take from your end to follow up with them. It's, it's the default, Mm -hmm. but that's not the default for everyone. Everyone's at a different chapter of our lives. And that's kind of why I asked you the question and something that I've been curious about is that what is that threshold for when it comes to trust? And, and part of that journey is, is it, you know, do you give the person a second, third, fourth, fifth chance to do that? Or not even do you, is, when it comes to the number of times they can redeem themselves, I don't even think it's, it shouldn't even be bounded by a number of attempts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I like that's that. saying that you have only five, five times in your life to redeem yourself to that individual. Mm-hmm. When really, I think at the end of the day, what it's more so is understanding, did you learn the lesson? And what was the lesson that you learned? And I like that you always bring up communication and mm-hmm. language because you're right. That's why I'm someone, I'm, I'm, I pride myself on being a communicator and I love being around other great communicators because sometimes someone didn't lie to you. Maybe it's just that you weren't on the same page. You weren't on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. right? And off of that same thought before I turn the mic back over to you mm-hmm. is I've, have you read The Four Agreements? I have not, but I've heard of that title two or three times. So this is probably one of those times where I have to pick that up as a next book. <laughs> you could knock it out in two days. And if I say that because I'm a slow reader, that means you really could. Okay, good. <laughs> so the, the reason why I bring up that book is one of the four agreements is don't take anything personally. Mm. And once you really start to think on that, it really resonates because the way that somebody treats you often isn't because of what you did to them. Mm-hmm. It's how they feel about themselves and mm-hmm. what's going on in their own head. I mean, I, even from a personal standpoint, I'm sure there are some days where I'm much more outgoing than others. And maybe on the days where I'm not as outgoing, I'm a little grumpy. Maybe I didn't sleep well. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've had arguments with family or friends. Maybe I'm just not in a great mental headspace. So that means that my interactions and the way that I come across might not be as friendly as welcoming. That doesn't mean that the other person did anything wrong. It, it's mm-hmm. all me. Right. And so on the flip end, let's say that somebody missed a meeting. You know what? That comes back to communication because good communication could show that maybe that person had a family member die. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Should you lose trust over someone for that? Absolutely not. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of trust comes back down to communication. And even with what you just said, in the case of that person experiencing a loss within their family, is you don't know the relationship that the two of those had. Yeah. Right? It could yeah. be a, a father on the, or a mother or whoever else that they felt distant for many, many years. Mm. And so in, in me coming to you and saying, hey, my X, Y, and Z just passed, may be very difficult because I already have so much buildup to that relationship. And now all of a sudden it's gone. And now I have to communicate to you. And that's why it, I, I love the point of not taking it personal because at the end of the day, you can only communicate with what you know and how you know. And there will be circumstances where you have to step into the unknown every single time. One of the things that a a great mentor and a friend of mine had passed on to me recently or maybe a couple months ago, (laughs) he said, take life head on and communicate. Because if you don't, people will begin to create their own conclusions. Oh, I like that. And it's very true is that no matter how difficult it gets in life, I think the important thing is to communicate and trust that what you are doing is coming with good intentions. And then beyond that, however you react and respond is completely up to you. It's Mm -hmm. not something that I can control nor should take personally. And even off that same point, think about our last call, right? Mm -hmm. What were we talking about? The call went over a little bit. And Mm -hmm. so I needed to send a text to the next person who I had a meeting with. And what is that? Communicating. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know this person quite as well. And you knew how when we were talking, there was a little bit of friction, not between us. We had a great call. Mm -hmm. But just because knowing that we had the next meeting to go to, or I did at least, but we're having a great conversation. We're going back to finding that needle in the haystack. And so a lot of that just was me simply notifying the next person that I was going to be a little bit late. Of course, if we needed to reschedule and set up another time, we could. Um, But a lot of that is just making it clear of your intentions and where you're at rather Mm -hmm. than leaving any uh, gray area, which being a good communicator and using language helps with a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the dangerous part sometimes is when you leave those windows of opportunities for people to not only draw their own conclusions, but fill in the blanks themselves. Because you, you, you don't know where they're at, right? They may, be, they may be experiencing the things that you mentioned, didn't get enough sleep, didn't yeah. eat, feeling anxious, depressed, whatever that feeling may be. And so all of those factors are constantly impacting your well-being and your decision-making moving forward. And it's funny that you say that because I'm about 90% certain one of the other principles from the four agreements is don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Because how often do we fall into that trap where we, let's say somebody shows up late, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, mm-hmm. they don't like me. Half the time, not even half the time, more than half, probably 90%, it has nothing to do with you. It's yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with you. And so we're often assuming, and that's why, like I said, and I talk about this all the time, but I love communication because if you don't think someone likes you, ask, right? If you want to know something, ask but use your words, use your language in order to simply understand where they're coming from rather than just assume where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Austin, final thought for today's episode. And this is a question that I ask a lot of our guests that come onto the show. And that is how can you, or how 
have you been a contribution to someone else's life today? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was working with a client earlier today and of course I've had multiple calls. Um, but when working with a client, I gave him a lot of clarity on how to move forward, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this plenty of times. Many people aren't afraid to put in the hard work. Not at all. I think we're all people who are very ambitious, but the problem when it comes to success is that many people don't have clarity. So often when I work with people, I give them clarity and break down the ambiguity because then that can give you the confidence, right? So you don't know what you don't know. So having another set of eyes to shine light on your blind spots is ridiculously valuable. Good mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. What's the best way that people can get in touch with you and how can people find out more about your work and what you are doing as far as the consulting and working with different people of different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So you can reach out to me at, well, go to our website at www.austinmccullough.com, which is A-U-S-T-I-N-M-C-C-U-L-L-O-H. And I keep my name pretty consistent across social media. So you can reach out through LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I use LinkedIn and Instagram more, but you can find me at Austin McCullough. Uh, there as well. I'm also a very social person. So anybody hmm. wants to learn more or I can just provide value to anybody's life in any sort of way, even if that's not yet in a working uh, client relationship, I'd be more than happy to do so. That's amazing. Austin, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for sharing everything that you've done. And more so, thank you for being not only a part of my network, but a part of the community that we're building. And it, it was a pleasure not only learning from you now, but I'm sure that you and I will continue to have a lot of these calls and opportunities to connect and learn more about different ways that we can support each other's missions. Yes, we will. Thank you, Oleg, for having me on the show. Thank you for clearly being such a passionate, caring person, and I appreciate you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand up and speak up stories, and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear this message of overcoming adversity, facing their challenges, and finding a light at the end of the tunnel. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.